Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Today's episode is brought to you by Fox and Stallion. Fox and Stallion is a Victorian mystery comedy fiction podcast about the best detective team on Baker Street. No, not that one. Season 2 will be airing in 2024 and is currently crowdfunding through May 1st. They have stickers, personalized in-universe thank you letters with wax seal, calligraphy, and all of it, and even a tier where they solve a mystery that you send them. They do want me to note Fox and Stallion cannot guarantee the solving of any mysteries, but they will try their absolute hardest for three to five audio minutes. This show also has everything you could want. Jewel heists, asexual detectives, lavender marriages, and a really old cat. You can find and listen to Fox and Stallion anywhere you listen to podcasts or on their website, 224bbaker.com. That's 224bbaker.com. Hello, this is Jeffrey. And this is Eleanor. Have you visited our website recently? It's unwellpodcast.com. I wanted to remind you that that is the hub that we use to collect all things unwell in one place. We have transcripts to every episode in case you want to read along or double-check something you heard. There's info about our cast and crew. You can also find information about how to support us on Patreon. And, if you want, you can check out our awesome merch store. You can also find links to our advertisers. As an independently produced show, we really rely on our listeners, like you, to help us succeed. So whether that's supporting us on Patreon, simply telling a friend about the show, your support really makes this all possible. So check out our website, see all the things we've got to offer there. One more time, that's unwellpodcast.com. Sorry, I think you got cut off in the middle of a word. What were you... Hello? Hello? Oh, come on. I can't. My cell's got no service and phone lines are down. Who are you talking to? Mom. Yeah, thanks. I already get more than enough dad jokes from dad. I, I mean... You can't say your father's name. Won't dissolve like the Wicked Witch of the West. I had things to do today. Outdoor things. Well, the Farmer's Almanac said it'd be stormy tonight. The Farmer's Almanac? Is this the 1730s? Don't knock it if it works. You know, weather like this always makes me think of old Bowser. No, not old Bowser. Come on. Huh? 
It's this scary story she used to tell when I was a kid. Made poor Lily here almost pee her pants. It did not. So, about 30 years ago, the McPhersons down the street had this dog. Nobody knew where he came from. They found him as a stray. Grew up into this big, hulking thing. Even chances he was part wolf. He had that snout, you know, and a little too much intelligence around the eyes. The trouble came when the McPhersons brought home a new baby. Let's just say Mrs. McPherson didn't like the way Bowser was eyeing the crib. So they load him up in the station wagon and drive him out to Julian, drop him off at the animal shelter. But then... If this ends with him finding his way back to Mount Absalom, it's not that shocking. Canines tend to be very good navigators. Oh, no. Old Bowser got hit by a truck. Nobody knows how he got out of his kennel, let alone out of the building. But by the time a volunteer found him on the street, he was dead. So, the next night, it's storming like crazy, just like now. And they're all sitting down for dinner, ham, old Bowser's favorite, when there's this weird sound outside. Hold on, do you hear something? Okay, congratulations. You rigged up a way to knock on a door frame or something while I wasn't looking. Bravo. I'm not kidding. Somebody's out there. You know, kind of a lackluster ghost story. If the punchline is then, a phantasmal dog came up and knocked on the door. Lily, will you please answer that? Lily, don't tell me you're in on this. Nothing is out. Oh, thank God. Hi there. Who are you? Oh, are you the astronomer? That's me. Wow, I was getting worried nobody was home. Come in, come in, take off your wet things. You must be soaked. Coat racks to your left. Thanks. Mom, can I talk to you in the kitchen for a sec? You did not say anyone was coming. Come on, I know I did. The astronomer, room three. I remember telling you this, Lily. Yeah, the day I arrived. You didn't say anyone was coming today. Oh, yeah. We spoke on the phone the other day. Nice kid. Rue something. Rufus, Ruby, Rudolph. That's it. I really doubt that's this person's name. It's Rudolphus, actually. Ha! Uh, sorry about that. No worries. Hi, you guys can call me Rudy. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm a Capricorn, and before you ask, my favorite planet in the solar system is Neptune. Nice to meet everybody. Hi, I'm Lily, and my favorite planet is Earth, I guess? No shame in rooting for the home team. Dot I already talked to on the phone. Hi. Hi, Rudy. And you are... Abby. They their pronouns. Favorite planet? No preference. So... You've got room number three on the third floor. Here's your key. Thank you kindly. Can I carry your suitcase upstairs for you? That'd be great. Thanks. I can get the suitcase. It's no trouble. How are you going to manage a suitcase and stairs on crutches? I can carry it with my teeth. I saw a lady at a circus once. Mom, I've got it. Nothing to worry. Well, there goes the power. I swear, anytime bad weather rolls in, it's like the whole town's got a cold. Sorry this is your intro to Mount Absalom, Rudy. Not a problem at all. If I wanted fun in the sun, I would have chosen that residency in Maui. Honestly, I'm kind of digging this. You're digging the loss of electricity. The whole Agatha Christie spooky mansion vibe. I vote we lean into it. Ooh, do you have any candles? Do you have candlesticks? I vote we bypass reenacting a murder mystery. Hey now. 
there's no murderers here that we know of. <laughs> but in case we need it, there's a flashlight in that drawer. Here you go, madam. Thanks. In case we need it for what? More spooky stories? Yep. I was afraid of that. What's that sound? I keep forgetting you're not from here. How? Those are tornado sirens, Abby. Meaning? Well, Occam's razor would suggest a tornado. I know that, but we want a sturdy room with no windows that's low to the ground. So in our case, you're joking. In this house, we do not joke about tornado safety. To the basement! Damn. Stairs. I don't have time for this. Need a hand, Mrs. Harper? I need a new goddamn leg. Hang on. I think I can carry you. Fireman carry. Come on. You're joking. Dead serious. One thing they teach you in firefighter training, you can carry a lot more than you think you can. As long as you live with your knees. Abby, can you get... The crutches? Got it. Whoa! Hi-ho, Silver! Let's go! So, Rudy, fun fact, you used Occam's razor wrong. Sorry? Most people do. William of Occam wasn't going for the simplest solution is the best as much as don't repeat numbers in a math problem if you don't need to. Okay, but language is constantly evolving, and you knew what I meant, so at some point doesn't it all get just insufferably pedantic? How long do we have to stay down here? Thank you, Lily. Goddamn crutches, please. Depends how long the storm lasts. With any luck, it'll scoot past us, but if it doesn't, well, I hope you've all gone to the bathroom. In the meantime, I'm loving the idea of sharing spooky stories. I'm all for it. Nothing like a good spine tingler to break the ice. I'll go first. Really? You've got one? Only the scariest ghost story you'll ever hear. Bring it. So, I had a friend who interned one winter at Gregory Manor in upstate New York, one of those turn-of-the-century living history houses. Supposedly, the youngest daughter disappeared under mysterious circumstances. All Ali knew was the staff hated closing up in her room at the end of the night. So on his very first shift, right away, he volunteers. He's vacuuming in her room that night, making sure none of the tourists left anything when this wave of cold washes over him. It's an old house, he figures. It's drafty. But he's pretty sure he can hear something, too, like a quiet hiss, or maybe quiet breathing. He assumes it's one of the staff playing a prank on him. This goes on for weeks, so he finally decides to sit there with his phone and wait them out, you know? And as Ali's sitting there, this pressure settles on his chest, like tiny hands pushing down as hard as they can. And that sound, that inhale, exhale, seems to be getting louder and louder. (sighs) 
and very slowly, he turns around. And then? He realizes that all his symptoms line up with carbon monoxide poisoning. (sighs) It was a gas leak. He told his boss the next day, workers came to fix it, and he was fine. So, how is that even remotely scary? Uh, carbon monoxide can give you permanent brain damage or even kill you? Ghosts aren't real. You know, some people say that diehard skepticism is its own form of dogma. Do they? Let's stay on track. If Abby doesn't like ghost stories, maybe we can take turns talking about something real that scares us. Okay, but I'm out the moment someone brings in clowns. Why? Nobody is afraid of clowns. People claim to be because they think it makes them sound cute and quirky. And just out of curiosity, how did you gather this data? Did you interview every person who reported any degree of clown phobia and then carefully analyze Octopuses. Huh? Octopuses. That's what scares me. They've got no bones. They're smart enough to solve complex problems, and they can fit through a hole the size of a quarter. I used to room with a guy who worked at an aquarium. If they could live on land full-time, we would all be screwed. Maybe they already figured it out, and they're just biding their time, letting us draw a sense of false security. Octopuses. Octopi? Octopi, but you're overall... No, it's not. Excuse me? It's not octopi. Octo is Greek. Why in the world would the suffix follow the plural conventions of Latin? Either the anglicized octopuses is right, or we have to stick with the Greek, in which case it's octopodes. If you're going to correct somebody, at least take a second first to make sure you're actually, you know, correct. How about we listen to the radio? I know we've got a battery-operated radio on one of these shelves. I was listening to it the other day. Can somebody shine the flashlight over here? was that? Radio's broken. That didn't sound like any broken radio I've ever heard. Maybe you haven't heard every radio, Rudy. Where's the working one? That is a great question. Hold on, I think it's... Mom, don't use your crutch to reach. Let one of us... Almost got it. Ow! Shit. Mom? Shit. Are you okay? Rudy, can we get a little more light on Mom? Um, Mrs. Harper, you've got a cut on your cheek. Damn. Do you know what hit you? Felt like one of those damn fondue forks. The cut looks pretty shallow. I think we just need a band-aid. Any down here? I think we've got supplies in the upstairs bathroom. Lillian Henry Harper, you are not wandering around upstairs in the middle of what could be a tornado. 30 seconds, Mom. 45 seconds. Instead of you stuck there bleeding. So dramatic. It's okay, guys. I saw the first aid kit in the utility room. Wes? Uh, hi, Wes. Nice to meet you. I'm Rudy. Oh, the astronomer. Hi. How long have you been lurking down here in the dark? Since the power went out. 
I was reorganizing the pantry. How'd you get in? I would have hurt you. Lily, your mom is bleeding. Is this really the time? Quit your yapping, all of you. It's just a flesh wound. A little disinfectant. I'll be as good as new. Okay. We'll stay here with Mom, and Wes, you go get- I don't know exactly where it is. You know, I'm happy to stay with her since it happened on my watch. It wasn't just your watch. Hello, I am fine. I don't need a nursemaid for a glorified paper cut. You said it was a fork. A fondue fork, meaning sharp, and probably from the 70s. You could have tetanus. I said it felt like a fork. Come on, if we need this whole rigmarole, Wes can keep me company while the rest of you find that kit. I'll stay behind, too. Dot, you can fill me in on the household rules. Fine. All right. Flashlight, please. So, the utility room should be that door, right over here. How'd you... Had some spare time, so I memorized the floor plans. Of course. So, shout if you see anything. Hey, shine it this way. Never mind, bottle of detergent. Wait. Yeah? Any luck? Nope. It's a toolbox. Why did you folks keep all this stuff? Who needs more than one broken vacuum cleaner? Apparently, my mom. Abby, I'm not losing my mind, right? We have no proof Wes committed B&E. Your mom keeps the door unlocked. He might have slipped in while you were on the phone. I could have sworn I had my eyes on the front yard the whole time. Maybe he jimmied a back window? That's the definition of B and E. Technically, just E. Comforting. See that pile of mannequins? Yeah, I have no explanation for that. Oh, uh, one of the old owners was a seamstress. Her husband bought the property in 1853, and after he died, she ran it herself. There's a rumor that she was a spy for the Union during the Civil War, sewed secret messages into her skirts, but I haven't found any contemporary sources yet. Hey, that's cool, though. Yeah, it is. The farther in we go, the older this stuff looks. How long should we give it before we head back and either brave the upstairs or improvise a bandage? Improvise a bandage? What are we, at war? She's my mom, Abby. Accidents happen to anyone. Just how many more accidents is she gonna get? Look, if we fail to locate anything, there is pure vanilla extract in the pantry. And... It's over 35% alcohol by volume. Stings like hell, but it can be used as an antiseptic. Thanks. It's basic chemistry, really. No, keep the flashlight on. It is on. Shit. Do you hear something? Standard old building creaks. No, shh. Quiet. Any other way into the basement? Not unless Wes knows something I don't. Stand back, Abby. What? We know you're there. We can hear you. Guys? Rudy? Wow, it is really dark in here. I mean, it's dark out there too, but in a smaller space with all this detritus to navigate around, it feels even darker somehow. Don't you think? Like the darkness is packed in tighter too? Rudy, what are you doing here? Mrs. Harper didn't seem like she needed two people looking after her, and I thought an extra set of eyes can't hurt. Well, I don't see us finding this thing without a light source. Yeah, is there a reason you guys turned off the flashlight? We decided to try echolocation. It ran out of juice. Hey, guys. Which way is the door? (laughs) Sorry, not sure how I'm spacing on this. Now it's... 
I don't remember either. Seriously? Do you know which way the door is, Rudy? Okay, what the hell? What the hell? Okay, nobody panic. We just need to feel along the walls until we find a handle. Damn it. Hopefully that was nothing valuable. I think it was just those stupid mannequins. You know what this reminds me of? Those stories about people who freeze to death in a snowstorm, and it turns out they were only a few feet from the front door. Thanks. That was... grim. I'm not saying we'll be in the storage room until we die. I was just reassociating. Hey, uh... You okay, Lily? I found a door. That's awesome. It's not the one we came in. You sure? The handle's really old. It's flaking off in my hand. Do we think it leads into another utility room? Utility room doesn't connect with anything but the hallway. Or? Or? Secret passageway? Rudy, for the last time, this is not Clue. Ow! It's really, really heavy. Come over here and help me push. How? Follow the sound of my voice. So, the end of the old Bowser story. The McPhersons step outside. Ah! Okay, it was the mannequins again. They step outside and nothing's... Sure, nothing's there. Where are you, Rudy? What do you mean? I'm right here. Wave your hand. This is me waving my hand back and forth. Ah, Jesus, your hand is freezing. And cold and motionless. Uh, Abby? It's a mannequin arm. I was extending my reach. Nothing's there but a set of big, muddy paw prints leading all the way up to the front step. How are you not here yet? The room's not that big. We must be walking slower. I swear, we're farther away than when we started. Keep talking, Lily. So they go back inside, and they shut the door, and they walk back to their table. And their baby's crying and crying, and there's one nasty bite taken out of a hand. The baby did it. An infant wouldn't have teeth. You know what else doesn't have any teeth? Is ghosts. Because they don't exist. Okay, but there's science logic, and then there's story logic. Story logic. Story logic. The world of fiction operates on a slightly different plane than our own. And we all accept it because, ideally, when we suspend that little piece of disbelief, we'll be rewarded for our faith by transcending our own selves, if just for a few seconds. A lot of times, we make that bargain without even noticing. You know that dream where you're walking through your parents' old house, and then you're in your first grade classroom, except it's also a restaurant? You don't even think to question it. Modern science still has yet to definitively tell us why we dream in the first place. Maybe it's training to teach our brains how to overcome our cynicism and our skepticism and our knee-jerk need to know all the answers long enough to fully get lost in a story. How are we not on the other side of the room yet? Gosh, Abby, it's almost like there's not a reasonable explanation. Lily! Lily? Lily! Guys? Where'd she... Shh! Listen! Over here! We're getting further away. That makes no sense. We've been heading towards her voice. You know what else doesn't make sense? Is to keep doing the one thing that we've proven doesn't work. Science, right? You don't keep pushing the same defunct hypothesis. All right, fine. We head in the opposite direction. For 30 seconds. And if that doesn't work, we try something else. Lily? 29, 28. Can you hear me? Yeah! 
Does she sound closer? We were facing her. I know we were facing her. Who cares? It's working. Lily! What's taking you guys so long? Rudy says we weren't being counterintuitive enough. What? We got lost. How? You tell me. It's your weird house. It's really not. Just stay calm and watch out for octopod... Octopod. Octopodes! Sea creatures are no laughing matter. Oh, then explain clownfishes. Puns aren't a laughing matter either. Was that the end of the old Bowser story? Yeah, except for the part where Mom would creep up to my door as I was lying in bed and howl. Your mom sounds like a trip. That's one word for it. Come on, help me with this door. All right, count of three. One, two... What are you doing? (gasps) Wes? Did you find the first aid kit? Did you leave Mom alone? We got a little turned around. Where's the flashlight? Out of batteries. Okay, backup plan. Where'd you get a lighter? Borrowed it from a friend. You mean my mom. Hey, I could be in with some ne'er-do-wells. You don't know. Wes, pro tip, actual ne'er-do-wells, don't say ne'er-do-well. So I think I saw the kid on one of these shelves. Hey, is that it? What? On the shelf behind the vintage jugs of soap, I think. Move the light closer. But not, you know, too close. (laughs) Tiny, crowded room, open flame. Yeah, there we go. Good work. What did you say your name was? Oh, I'm Rudy. All right, let's get out of here before Mom goes septic. Hey, Wes? Yeah? Do you know what that other door leads to? What other door? In the room. Back on the opposite wall? There's no door there. Yeah, Wes, there is. I felt it. Maybe you found something that felt like a doorknob, like a sconce or a mannequin elbow. Wes, do you really think I can't tell the difference between a doorknob and an elbow? For crying out loud. Here. Take a look for yourselves. No door. Haven't you ever seen a floor plan of this place? Uh, sorry, Wes. I don't know what that was about. Hey, guys? Yeah? Wasn't that mannequin facing the other way before? You weren't even in here when we had a light source, Rudy. Yeah, it was worth a shot. Was it? Dottie, I have the kit. And my lighter, it looks like. I thought you were trying to quit. Well, you'll notice she currently has no way to light her smokes. Yeah, yeah, Wes, you're very clever. Let's clean up that cut. I can do it. Just hand me the disinfectant. Mom, did you get the radio working again? Hmm. Oh, yeah. What did you do? Honestly, I smacked it a couple times. This is the only station that's coming through, though. I like it. College station? Mm, no colleges around here for miles. <sighs> it's nice, though. Music, the rain. So, what took you guys so long? I don't know. I can't really explain what happened. The flashlight went out. We panicked, briefly lost our bearings due to some kind of misleading echo situation. Lily mistook something for a doorknob, and then Wes saved us with fire. Abby, do you even believe that? Tell me an alternative, Lily. I dare you. Don't worry about it. Let's just blame it on the weather. Honest to God, any time bad weather rolls in, it's like the whole town's got a cold. Das war Peter Karl Goldmarks dritte Symphonie in A-Moll, von niemandem interpretiert. 31-7-9-10.
This episode features Clarissa Cherie Rios as Lily, Marsha Harmon as Dot, Kathleen Hoyle as Abby, Joshua K. Harris as Rudy, Michael Turrentine as Wes. Written by Jessica Best. Sound designed by Anna Rodriguez with Ryan Sheely. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Ryan Sheely. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. Unwell is supported by our listeners at Patreon. You can support us by visiting patreon.com slash heartlifenfp. And a special thanks to our supporting producers, Caitlin White, Bill Gardner, Steve Diamond, James Battle, and Anton S. During the flood rains of 1924, many residents of the Mount Absalom graveyard next to the Fenwood house became disinterred. When the bodies were finally put back, there were 23 extra. Thus began the legend of the Mount Absalom Ripper. During the flood rains of 1924, many residents of the Mount Absalom grave were... <laughs> okay, that, you didn't, the cat didn't make me mess up the word, but it was perfectly timed. <laughs> Ollie would like to be in this episode. Ollie, we will try and write a cat into the show for you. <laughs> The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved! By Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224bbaker or on our website, 224bbaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.